You are listening to A Taste of Romumu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romumu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. That word, kadosh, 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 holy, holy, holy. The root of the word, kuf, dalit, shin, is found in early Akkadian. It is the protoform of the Hebrew word that becomes kadosh. It means that which is sanctified, that which is made holy, that which has been set aside, separated for delineated. The word kadosh appears 830 times in the Bible. It is used to delineate what is holy. It is used as to sanctify. Kiddush is to make holy, make kiddush. Mikdash is a temple. A mukdash has been dedicated. Kiddush, we said before, kiddushah. Kadesh, kiddushah, those are male prostitute and female prostitute who worked within a sacred context. Kadosh. To bring ourselves closer to God in some way, shape, or form. To taste a little bit of the divine, a little bit of the holy, of the sacred, of the spiritual. And this week's Torah reading is itself called a holiness manual, a kedusha manual. It is called the holiness code. It was the ways of enacting kedusha in our lives. The scholars have made this a separate writing of the priests, a how-to manual, as it were, to be kadosh. And begins, kedoshim to you, be holy. For I, yud am holy. What does that first sentence mean? Be holy, for I am holy. 
We begin the Seder, which we've just left, with the first of 15 stages of liberation. Kadesh, Urchatz, Kadesh. We begin a ritualized meal whose culmination is liberty and liberation, freedom from slavery, with a moment of Kadesh. You couldn't imagine being further from Kadesh than you are at the beginning of the Seder. Can you? We stand up with our glasses full. And someone should say, the first question is, why are we starting a liberation meal with Kiddusha, with the sacred? Because, my friends, there are two types of Kiddusha. There are two approaches to Kiddusha that our tradition holds onto each in their own way in a delicate balance, a dance of being and doing. The dance of being is each and every one of us is holy. We are each and every one of us endowed with an absolute perfection. Each and every one of us here is done. There's no more to do. It's Shabbos all around. It's Shabbos in your heart. It's Shabbos in your mind. It's Shabbos in your life. The Sabbath has arrived. I have created you with that which in me is holy, which needs no work, no effort, no progress, no development, no hierarchy, no aspiration, no heaven for. That is Kiddusha on one level. It is your innate intrinsic worth. It is your bodhicitta, your Buddha nature, your Atman. It is all of that rolled up into one. But the holiness code doesn't end there. It doesn't just say, Kikadosh, Ani Adonai Loichem, Ishaviv, Tirau, we had Shabto Taitishmoro, a whole laundry list of things to do to become holy. And as the Hasidic masters say, Kedoshim you, you will become holy. It's guaranteed. Not only are you already holy, but you will be even holier. My teacher, Reb Zalman, likes to tell a story about how he once came to his daughter, Shalvi, and woke her up from an afternoon nap. And when she woke up, she said to him, Daddy, I said, you just woke me up. Now that I'm awake, can I wake up even more? To wake up even more is to hold on to the second aspect of Kiddushah. The second aspect of Kiddushah is a world that still needs work, a personality that still needs pruning, traits that still need to evolve, a society that is very far from perfect. And each and every one of us each and every Jew, each and every spiritual practitioner, each and every human being is required to hold both of these in a delicate dance. It is perfect. I am loved. All is clear. And now there's work to do. That each and every one of us, there is tons of work to do. But we begin the Seder with Kadesh. We begin this week's reading with Kiddoshim to you. You are holy. Why? Because Kikadosh, Ani Adonai 
because I made you that way. And then the centerpiece of what it is to do the work in this world. The centerpiece of our walk is love. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Two times in tomorrow's reading, we will hear about love. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself, which, by the way, means everyone. There is a very narrow reading of that, triumphalist reading, which is Re'achah B'mitzvot. It means only Jews. But clearly, from all other contexts, Nechama Leibowitz says this and other scholars say it, very clearly, Re'achah means every human being. Ve'ahavta l'recha kamocha, love your neighbor kamocha. And then ve'ahavta lo kamocha about a ger, a stranger. Two moments of love is the work. And what is that work of love? And here I want to give you one word that you'll take with you. Kamocha. Tomorrow you're going to hear one interpretation of that. From our bat mitzvah, from, from Astrid. Tonight kamocha is a simple, simple meaning. The essence of the Torah's agenda for our perfection is to realize that the person sitting next to you is kamocha. That's what ve'ahavta the recha kamocha means. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. doesn't mean as you love yourself. That will be tomorrow. It means love your neighbor because he is you. Ve'ahavta the recha kamocha because he is kamocha. That the person who you think is other is really you. As someone said last night at one of our meetings, I don't remember where I found this, but some Buddhist said this, that everyone around us is us in drag. <laughs> now, you can read that narcissistically, right? You can read that narcissistically and say, everybody is me. Great. To see the other as the self. To extend towards the other what one would extend towards oneself. Zeklal gadol lo kamocha love the stranger, and then the greatest line, because you were once strangers. I think to me, you know, I was just in Israel, and um, I, on the last day there, I went with my kids to a little neighborhood called Nevei Tzedek. It's in southern Tel Aviv. And I was, you know, like very touristy during this trip. Usually I live in Israel when I go there, but this time I had my camera. I had the, you would have seen me from a mile away and said, tourist, right? <laughs> and I go to Israel, and I'm in the park with my two kids and my wife, and I'm trying to get the exact right picture. You ever going to get this? I'm, there, there, there's a moment there, and I keep missing it, so I'm trying to artificially reconstruct it. So I'm like, Bear, go back there. Kiss him. Kiss him. Go back. Go back. And I take the picture, finally. <laughs> and out of nowhere, I didn't even realize somebody was watching me. He comes over to me and says, I'm a professional photographer. <laughs> and um, let, let me give you advice. If you have to make it happen, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. He says to me, you have to be ready 
You have to be ready, and when it happens, you get it. You have to be ready, and when it happens, you get it. The work of being ready in the world to be able to capture moments that arise is the work of thinking about the other. Extending ourselves for the sake of the other because we were there. Being able to place ourselves in other people's shoes, in other people's experience. To know what it might feel like to be a stranger in a synagogue with 400 people and someone sitting right next to you might feel it's too much. They need one person to talk to. To be able to be with someone and imagine what their experience is like. Carol Gilligan in her famous book, In a Different Voice. Working with an ethical development within us, moral development within us, is the ability not only to be egocentric, which is vital, not only to be ethnocentric, which is important, to be world-centric and cosmocentric. To extend ourselves for the sake of the other is what it means to be holy. That is your spiritual quotient, your SQ. To what extent can you express and live into the needs of another as if they were your own? How many of us here have heard this conversation before? Sitting around a pool in Tel Aviv, talking to people, asking them, is there poverty and hunger in New York City? And someone turning to me and saying, no. I mean, there is, but... To leave Egypt, to leave Mitzrayim, to leave the narrow place, is to imagine others who might be in a narrow place. And as we recall, having left Egypt last week, we turn our minds and our, towards our neighbors in this act of spiritual development, and we ask, who else is still in Mitzrayim? Who else is still in Egypt? And for the past few years, everyone here knows that Romamu has been involved. We've focused our social action efforts towards helping New Yorkers who are not yet free of hunger and poverty. It has seemed to us at times like a very overwhelming and a daunting task. But sometimes the issues are simple and the remedies are at hand. There was a recent New York Times editorial that some of you might have seen which documented that 75% of public school children are eligible for free or reduced cost school lunch. Anybody see this? So why are so many children who are eligible, there are 250,000 students, why do they choose not to participate, not to be involved? And the advocates for food justice have found that it isn't the paperwork, it isn't the aversion to the menu that keeps the families from signing up for free school lunches, but the embarrassment and the bullying that comes along with students revealing to their classmates that they are poor by taking what is called the free-free. That's the contemptuous nickname students give to the free lunches. School lunch participation rates plummet as the students get older. 81% in elementary school, 61% in middle school, and 38% in high school. It is such a profound aspect of the human experience. Many of us would rather go hungry 
then be the gear. Be the outsider. Be the one that loses face. Be the one. We'd rather stay in our Egypts. You hear this? Children. Not having food. It's a free lunch. So the journey out of Mitzrayim of a self-image that is distorted is a lifelong struggle. But the journey out of Mitzrayim of hunger at school can begin with all of us here tonight. Mayor Bill de Blasio is going to institute a free school lunch. He could do it for all students through a federal incentive program, which would help an additional 120,000 children eat school lunch each day. It would be 0.0001% of the Department of Education's budget. With that percentage, New York City could ensure that all children eat lunch in this city. And just this week, Baruch Hashem, City Council passed a proposed budget, included funding for free lunch. We now need your support here tonight, everybody, to make sure that Mayor de Blasio adopts this aspect of his budget in this year. We've joined with over 100 congregations for what is called Lunch for Learning Campaign, universal free school lunches in New York City public schools to ensure that all of New York City children have a healthy meal to nurture their education. So after Shabbat, I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, sign the online petition for universal free school lunches that is listed on your bulletin. If you got a bulletin tonight, there is a way to do something. Go sign up on the petition. And if you're on Twitter, anybody, everybody know what Twitter is? <laughs> Thank you. If you're on Twitter, you can tweet at Bill de Blasio using the hashtag, hashtag at lunch for learning, or you could retweet a post from uh, at lunch for learning. All of that should be on your newsletter. There's a, an odd midrash that says, I found this in a number of places, then I found it in, in Hasidic sources too, that Kiddoshim, chapter 19, is its own Torah, and that the first line that we've been talking about, you will be holy, you shall be holy, be holy for I am holy, is parallel to the first of the Ten Commandments, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. And I've been thinking about that. I'm thinking, how is that connected? How is be holy for I am holy connected to the first of the ten utterances? And I think it's very simple. In that first of the ten commandments, God says, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. The first act of reconciliation was God's reaching out to live with us in our Egypt. God said to us, I hear your cries. I hear your call. I'm listening to what you need. And in this week's reading, Kedoshim, God is saying the same thing to us. You want to be holy? You're already holy. You want to be holier? Go find someone who's in Egypt and help them get out. That's the way. Follow my lead, God says. Help someone leave Egypt. Help each other leave Egypt. 
That's what it is to be kadosh, to be holy. So we'll give the Buddhists their monks and their monasteries. Love them. We'll give the yogis their ashrams and their lovely program of ascetic ideals. And we Jews will take what Max Kedushin called normal mysticism. We'll take the day-to-day uplifting of souls who are in Egypt's That's our work in the world. Let's do it.